Welcome to the HR on the Offensive podcast, brought to you by Lace Partners. Good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to this, the HR on the Offensive podcast. It's me, Chris Howard from Lace Partners. Thank you very, very much for joining us today. I tell you what, I'm going to let you into a little bit of a secret. This is the second time that we've in fact started this podcast because I, for some reason, have an internet connection which isn't playing ball today, but hopefully it will play ball for the next 30 minutes or so because we've got a really interesting uh, conversation that Emma and Leonis and I, Ems, hello, how are you doing? Hey, Chris. All good, thank you. Yeah. Your internet connection is better than mine, but Ems and I uh, wanted to have a lovely <laughs> chat with one of our colleagues and friends from um, an organisation that we've been speaking to for a while who are doing some really, really interesting stuff, actually. And I want to welcome today Michael Campbell, who is from Advisor Plus. Michael, thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Hi, Chris. Hi, Emma. Do you know what I wanted to do, Michael? I just wanted to put all cards on the table. I just wanted to let the listener in behind the curtain so that, you know, they know this isn't just a polished outfit. Things go wrong sometimes. And this is the second time that we're doing this. So apologies. You're going to have to repeat yourself because I didn't hit the record button properly, obviously. But um, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and then also about Advisor Plus for me, please? Sure, no problem, Chris. Um, so, yeah, I'm Michael Campbell. I am commercial and product director at Advisor Plus Business Solutions. Been with the business about fifteen years or so. So, Advisor Plus, if you've not heard of us, is one of the UK's leading HR businesses. We have particular expertise in in the space of employee relations. We have a range of solutions that blend technology, people, analytics, uh, and they combine with the intent of helping our clients take the complexity out of HR, whatever their sector, size, complexity, or shape of their requirements. So we employ over 200 HR professionals. We've got a customer base we're really proud of, ranging from 25,000 SMEs through to one of the largest supermarket chains in the UK with nearly 200,000 employees. And we've got lots of different shapes and sizes of clients in between. That's fantastic, Michael. And and hopefully sort of on the podcast today, we can explore a little bit around maybe some of the challenges in the employee relations space that you're you're seeing and have kind of seen come to the fore maybe over the past 12, 18 months, given some of the, the challenges that we've all been facing. But also then particularly, I guess, how as a people function and also using technology, we can help line managers. So I think one of the things that sometimes we're at risk of doing is is in the search of kind of efficiency and, and effectiveness saying right I'm going to throw that over the fence line manager should be doing that they're, they're all the things they need to do to manage their people and that might be right but how do you support them to be effective in doing that when it might not be something they're naturally used to doing for example so maybe let's start with some of the kind of challenges that you're, you've seen um, particularly in the ER space or, or HR directors talking about over the past few months. Sure. So, um, yeah, we engage a lot of HR leaders as part of our client base and also through prospect base, through business development, through networking. Um, and I, I guess every organization is in a very different starting point. Um, they've got different HR service delivery models. They've got different complexity and history in their um, employee relations landscape um, and very different 
capability uh, ranges within both their HR function and and line managers themselves. But actually, notwithstanding that, the, the sort of problem statements that HR leaders share with us have commonality and golden threads running through them as a fair amount of consistency b- between them. And I think that has changed quite a lot in in the past twelve to eighteen months. So where. Previously, uh, there was a lot of focus on optimizing the HR function. My sense now is that HR leaders recognize that HR can only do so much. There needs to be a greater enablement of line managers to to facilitate both their aims and the aims of the, the broader business. So where HR has, I guess, historically been very involved in the management of people matters it has led to an ongoing dependence on hr and that in itself becomes a sort of perpetuating lack of ownership and capability within the line and as a consequence the cost base in hr has been maintained or else there's had to be a, a reduction in service levels and quality and um, to take cost out which is clearly not desirable for for hr or or, or the business yeah and, and that kind of reliance on on hr and for want of a better phrase, maybe some handholding in some instances. I've definitely seen that. And I guess over the past sort of 12 months, in some instances, there's been more of that parent-child relationship, as in, you tell me what I need to do, and, and I'll go and do that. But as we all know, you know, that's not sustainable in the longer term. Um, and I guess it's about how you create choice, how you create empowerment, how you create experience. And I'd love to sort of hear your thoughts, Michael, and some of the things that you've been working through as part of maybe your your work and also some of the new technology solution that you've been building. Yeah, sure. So uh, I guess in terms of understanding what problems we're trying to solve, I guess there were two principal ones. The first one we've touched on, which is HR functions wanting to reduce the cost to serve but without reducing the the levels or quality of service. And in particular, there were roles such as the HR business partner that perhaps had a, um, you know, objectives that were strategically focused, but they weren't being fulfilled because that business partnering role were being dragged back into the day-to-day people management matters that really the sense was that, you know, competent managers should be able to manage effectively. I guess the the, the other big challenge that HR leaders had was a, a lack of oversight and visibility of what was actually happening with People Matters across their organization. And that had a number of consequences. So these HR leaders were unable to see where ineffective people management was introducing risk. And that risk could lead to regretted attrition, cultural impact, adverse publicity, exposure of the business to to, the cost of settlement or or tribunal representation, all of which HR was on the hook for. And yet there was this blind spot about where these things were sort of bubbling under and, and risking a problem. The HR leadership decision making was not as informed as it it should be by analytics and insight. And any metrics that were created felt really hard-earned and costly to generate by systems that weren't really supportive in in getting that information out. And I guess I've seen over the last 12, 18 months that the HR voice around the executive and leadership table, whether that's an HRD or a chief people officer, they have an increasing voice around the table, but found themselves being exposed by a lack of good data to back up their their statements and beliefs. And I think that combination of wanting a more efficient function, but having better visibility of what's going on has has, has led us to where we're taking Advisor Plus now. 
Yeah, it's really interesting that you were um, just talking there, um, Michael, about some of those issues and challenges that, that have changed. And I saw Emma on the on the call, obviously nodding furiously. And I think I know the reason why it's because we've obviously written a couple of white papers which are touching on some of these these challenges that you're talking about there. So in our HR on the offensive white paper, we talked about how HR needs to step out of the shadows, that you know, if it wants to have a conversation at, at the top table, it's got to be able to evidence its decisions. And we talk about that as well in the in the in the shared services paper, you know, the getting better at using data and analytics and insights to be able to evidence your decision making so that you can step out from the shadows and uh, and, and prove the HR's voice is, is one that needs to be listened to. And we've also, you obviously mentioned about the, the challenges and the HRBP side of, uh, which we talk about in HR on the offensive, this idea of the difference between the people consultant, the sort of strategic side of it versus the operational effectiveness side and the, and the balances and challenges that they've got there. So it, it's interesting to get that kind of perspective from a albeit third party source in, your, in yourself in this instance. But let's move on and just talk quickly about the Empower solution, because uh, that's the name of the podcast. We're calling this Empowering Manage Managers Through Technology. So do, can you just talk to me a little bit about the, the Empower solution that you've got and you know, how it addresses some of the challenges that we've already uh, started to, to talk about uh, this afternoon? Yeah, of course. So I, I guess we looked at these problem statements and as always, there are lots of different ways and different combinations of ways that you can address challenges. And there were two things that came to the fore for us. The first was managers needed to, to do more. And secondly, to do that, they needed empowerment. And principally, that would come from some technology underpinning. Um, and so where HR leaders had perhaps previously hoped or, or wanted managers to take greater ownership of managing their own people matters. That effectively now needed to become a reality and managers needed help to get there. So that's where we developed Empower by Advisor Plus. And at the heart of that proposition is our own proprietary technology that takes line managers on guided journeys through an organization's people processes. So we recognize that managers don't necessarily encounter issues of conduct, performance, grievance daily in a way that an HR function might support. And therefore, when they do encounter these matters, they're going to need some support in order to um, you know, fulfill their commitments in that process with, you know, with, with confidence. And so our solution takes our clients' processes, policies, we effectively deconstruct them and build them back up in a digital journey that sequences through guiding the manager, coaching where appropriate. It might embed a video like um, how to have a difficult conversation effectively and makes the manager clear at every point in the process what they need to do by when in order to, to do the right thing by the employee, move matters on in a timely way, and uh, essentially ensure that um, they're not introducing risk by taking ownership of, of, the, uh, of the process. And I think that kind of risk point's a really, really important one, Michael, because it is always a a change, change of mindset for HR to sort of let some things go that they've been used to doing yep. for so, so long, particularly, as you say, right, if the business partners have been very hands on and they've been doing that day to day kind of people management element of the ERP. So now you're expecting your line managers to do that. 
that's a change for them. That's a mindset change, a behavior change and a trust piece. So I think that the guided journeys but in particular is so powerful perhaps in that context because you're supporting the line managers to hopefully do the right thing. And if I guess if they get stuck, there's the option for them to still get support from someone who might be more specialist to, to help them complete whatever they need to do perhaps. So you've still got that transparency, you're managing risk, you've got compliance, you've got data, but ultimately HR can still have sight of everything that's going on, as you say. Very much so. And it goes back to that point that organisations are in a often very different starting points in terms of their confidence in manager capability. And so our platform may be configured such that initially it could be to the extent that HR um, and, and employee relations case advisors run with processes, but engage the manager. So the manager's getting you know, follow-up case notes, maybe getting some tasks to do, like generate letters. And then over time, the, 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 the system can expose more of the process to the manager to manage more independently, perhaps starting with but maybe, say, in the informal parts of processes. And then over a period of time, as manager capability grows and HR's confidence in manager capability grows, increasing amounts of process can be exposed to the manager to manage. But and, you know, the, the end result might be things like um, you know, grievances or appeals being handled by the manager. But to, to your point, Emma, it's a great point. We still have a role for HR. And that can be either the manager reaches out for support, in which case HR can use the same platform to support the, the the progression of the case, or we can stage intervention. So if a organization, for example, wants a manager to run with the disciplinary process, but wants the manager to contact HR to discuss, for example, at the point of suspension, then we can stage an intervention, prevent the manager from progressing past that consideration of suspension, engage HR, and HR effectively unlock the process again for the manager to continue if they deem the manager safe and fit to do so, or otherwise keep control of the case. So it's a very you know, safeguarded way of giving managers more control without introducing risk. Yeah, I, I love that. Um, and sort of that linkage back to you're being very clear on the expectations. I think that's one of the challenges as well that I've seen a lot. Um, you know, when as a function, HR and overall as a business isn't necessarily very clear and transparent as to what they expect of a line manager with the people aspects of, of, of line management, not the technical pieces, but proper people management. So having something that reinforces those expectations. And as you say, it might be that you build on that. You start with a, a baseline that's quite basic. And then over time, as you develop those behaviors, you expand the expectations and you reinforce that through change is actually really powerful. And, and I guess it links back to that empowerment bit, hence, I suppose, where you've called um, the, the product the empower. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think, yeah, just, I guess, continuing that theme of empowerment, but in a risk managed way, we again overlay the solution with a rules engine that recognizes that we can give the managers this control, but what if they don't take ownership. And so we can configure the system, for example, to track that the right things are happening in a timely way, and then prompt the manager to take action. If they've said, for example, they're going to you know, hold a hearing on a certain date, it might remind them the day before to make sure they're prepared and have you know, got a note taker and all the right things in line with that company's process. And if a day or two after that event, we haven't heard back in the system that you know, what happened, then we might send another prompt to say, can you come and record? And if after five days, it might be configured to maybe escalate up to the second line manager and say, there's perhaps a bit of risk being introduced here because 
the process isn't being moved along. And ultimately, it could escalate into HR. So it's giving the managers control, but not just letting them loose and hoping for the best. And overlaying that then is the the MI that we collect, which is every interaction, every touch point is captured. So we can very quickly see through internal benchmarking and heat maps and so on, where the solution is being used effectively. And we can hold up exemplars of good people management and where managers are really taking ownership versus those areas where perhaps um, cycle times and stage durations are longer than the norm or where there are big gaps or where there are a higher propensity of escalations. And that then goes back to that point about informing the HR leadership about where effective people management is taking place and where we're able to then correlate that kind of information with things like um, internal staff satisfaction and attrition rates, you'll probably see a correlation between effective people management and staff well-being and good staff retention and so on. And all of this combined to put HR leaders in a really informed position about what's happening in their business. Yeah. Can I just ask a really quick question about the support that different businesses will require because obviously you've given us a few instances about how the system can be configured Uh, almost a we're going to automate as much as we possibly can through to a well we'll automate some parts of it got new sort of um, clients joining do you find that there's a varying degree of how they how much interaction they want with the system do they normally need a lot more hand holding or is there businesses that sometimes just come along it's like yeah we know exactly what we want we know exactly what we're going to automate i guess the question really there is how much involvement do you find traditionally that you have with some of the clients that you're then onboarding no, so it's a it's a great question, and we, our implementation team combines a, a range of different specialisms, but we enter a solution design phase right at the front end, and and that will shape the parameters of the service. Now we will we'll get a very good feel for that during business development engagement as we seek to understand yeah the the landscape of managers of HR, what the aspirations are, but all kinds of factors come into play, like um, you know maybe constraints that unions and agreements have on being able to optimize process, the propensity for HR to really embrace the change, the you know the the historic impact of systems being imposed on managers that haven't landed well and therefore how prepared managers are to receive new enablement. And so we will spend, you know, invest a good amount of discovery time understanding that landscape and then plotting out what good looks like to launch, but also then what that journey looks like because our service provision doesn't start and stop with the service as it's configured at launch we expect to go on a journey. And whilst we have clients who go all in on day one, we're implementing currently for an organization with over 100,000 employees that wants all of disciplinary capability, grievance, attendance triggers, sickness, absence, all to be managed through the platform, managers to have that responsibility, but they've been very careful about the touch points with HR to make sure things don't fall off the rails. We've got another client we're implementing currently that is having a much more cautious approach and doesn't want certain processes to be exposed to managers yet, but they're very clear on their ambition ultimately will be met by building that confidence and capability in the line such that they can expose more and more. And it's very much a continuum where you can start at any point in that continuum and ultimately your destination is as you know, as far as your organisation you, you want to take it. 
kind of building on that, Michael, I'd love your thoughts on what might be a slightly provocative question to, to some people listening to this podcast, in that if we digitise lots and lots of things, which clearly we are across HR as, as a whole, we change the role of business partners, therefore, by default, particularly thinking about that relationship with line managers and the ER side, we then change some of the work that an ER advisor would do. Now, what, what does that mean? Is, is this maybe the end of the traditional kind of role of, of ER or, or is it not? So, yeah, um, again, good question. I I don't think it is. I think uh, it's a little trite, but I don't think you can entirely take the human out of human resources. Our intent with this is to empower managers in those elements of processes where really people don't need to be a a cost to a business to, to support. And what we seek to do is elevate the contribution of HR, ER case advisors, of uh, of HR business partners, so that they're adding the right value at the right time. So, you know, if you look at uh, an ER case advisor's role, if fifty percent of their time is talking to a manager about, you know, informal resolution, about early stage investigation, it's something that a competent manager could do themselves with the right support. It's also probably not the most enriching role for that ER case advisor. And if we can support uh, an ER team, um, lift its contribution so it's supporting the things that are perhaps high risk or complex, or there will always be a, a, a layer of managers who just don't gravitate towards that ownership. And so if that contribution is focused there, it frees up either cost or it frees up capacity to do more interesting and more value-add things. So ER will always need people. You can only digitize so much. Um, but I think pushing that contribution up that value curve is really key to what we're we're proposing. Yeah, I think what you were saying there really just resonated just as you, you were finishing up there. You can only digitize so much. Yeah. You know, there's always going to be instances where you can't automate everything. And I remember just as a little sort of uh, uh, Shakespearean aside here, um, I remember we were in the LACE office about, well, it must have been over a year ago, a lot of processes in HR and taking the people element out and things like that. And um, it's, I don't think anybody wanted to be on the, you should automate everything approach, but equally you know, there needs to be. There's always needs to be that balance found, doesn't there? So we're just reaching the uh, the end of today's podcast. It's been absolutely amazing you having you on, Michael, just to talk a little bit about the Empower solution. Do you just want to tell us a little bit about you know how they can find out more about Empower and and just generally the the response that you've had from your uh, your system as well? Yeah, um, I mean the response has been phenomenal so far. We've uh, soft launched about uh, five months ago. My team and I have delivered about forty demonstrations um, over that time since, and, and had almost universally positive feedback. Uh, my sense is that there's there's nothing quite like it on the market. There are we you know, uh, amazingly we still encounter organisations today, large organisations that manage their employee relations estate on Excel spreadsheets or on. IT ticketing systems that have been configured to try to cope with HR processes, and it just it doesn't do what we do. This is a, a built for purpose system built by an HR business to service an HR need, and you can tell in um, what we've built and also the reactions of 
prospects and, and influencers uh, when we engage them. So in terms of finding out more, I genuinely believe there's no substitute for seeing it. Um, and so if anybody would like to uh, have a demonstration of the solution, my team and I'd be very happy to, to, to demonstrate it. Um, if you were to go to our website, the homepage has a, a form towards the bottom that um, in, you know, invites you to request a, a, a demonstration. So uh, yeah, it's it, demonstrating it would really bring things to life. I think you're right there. And I think that's for me. So I remember us having a chat initially about the platform, but it was only when we had the second demo shortly afterwards that I was able to see, okay, this is how you're automating certain kind of performance management process or things like that. I just thought actually, you know, visualizing that is, uh, is often for particularly somebody like myself is, is very, very useful. But um, once again, um, thank you very much for joining us today, Michael and uh, Ems, as always. Thank you for being my partner in crime. Anytime. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thanks. You can uh, catch this podcast on uh, iTunes. If you're already listening on iTunes, you'll know that. But uh, we are also on Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher. Uh, you can also find us on SoundCloud. You can even go to the Lace Partners website, which is www.lacepartners.co.uk forward slash podcast. You can see all of our podcasts there. What we also tend to do with our podcasts is transcribe them as well. So if you're somebody that prefers the written word, rather than the spoken word, then uh, we will uh, certainly be uh, be pushing out some content from that perspective, a bit of follow-up as well. And we'll also put some links in any of the uh, show notes that we put out um, to uh, Michael and his teams. So uh, thank you very much for joining us, and we will see you next time on the HR on the Offensive podcast. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.